She was the media's go-to cool girl, a celebrity adored for her wit and sharp tongue. Only Chrissy Teigen would soon learn that when it comes to the internet, there are receipts, and those receipts will come back to haunt you. Welcome to Scandal from Shameless Podcast, the stories of the biggest celebrity controversies revisited. Oh my goodness, that little preamble that you just read out then makes me excited for this episode. There is that much to unpack here. I mean, as we said in the last episode, I used to be a big, big Chrissy Teigen fan. So to watch all this fall apart, I guess, Mm. her career, her reputation was quite stunning from afar. Yeah, we both really, really loved her and we weren't alone in that. It felt like everyone loved Chrissy Teigen for a time and... It's a story that just has turn after turn where you think, oh my God, it can't get worse. And then it does get worse. Let's recap before we dive into the content for episode two. What did we cover in episode one? Look, we spoke firstly about Chrissy Teigen and John Legend's difficult childhoods. I mean, for a time, Chrissy's mum lived away from the family while she was struggling with depression. John's mum battled her own mental health challenges and struggled with drug addiction for years before reconnecting with her son. They had these really almost eerie parallels Mm. in their childhoods. And then we talked about how they got together, Mish. Yeah, they met on the set of John's music video, Stereo, and had what I guess was initially supposed to be a one-night stand. They ended up falling for each other quite quickly. In 2013, Chrissy and John got married. Their late Como wedding actually kind of doubled as incredible (laughs) PR for their brand. Just two weeks after the wedding, John's music video for All of Me dropped. In it, he and Chrissy were living in a house in Lake Como where they sat at the piano, in bed and in the shower together. The home video shots from their actual wedding were also featured in the music video and showed them kissing at the altar. At the time of recording this series, 2.1 billion people have watched that music video for All of Me on YouTube. Yeah, it did incredible things both for the song and for the brand of John and Chrissy. From 2014, Chrissy really carved out a social media presence for herself. She became known as that super sharp tongue model who loved food, which, you know, was so <laughs> very 2014. That said, she did have a fair share of haters too. In fact, she once had a pretty nasty run-in with alt-right trolls and did find herself embroiled in the Pizzagate conspiracy theory. Mm, That said, things were going extraordinarily well for Chrissy, like 95% of the time. By 2018, Forbes predicted that thanks to her many, many revenue streams in modelling, TV presenting, food and endorsement deals, Chrissy was raking in about 13. Five million a year. Yeah, despite all the success though, one thread that seems to come up in a lot of profiles of Chrissy in the early years is that she did have one great fear. Something she talked about a lot was getting cancelled. Mm. And so today we are essentially going to dive into Chrissy's worst nightmare. We're going back to 2020. Zara, in 2020, Chrissy Teigen found herself part of a highly publicised feud with another it girl. This it girl, Alison Roman, wasn't as high profile, but she was in a very highly engaged niche. She was big in like the food space. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess when we say feud, Chrissy really didn't ask to be the centre of this one at mm. all. So the thing about Alison Roman, to give you context about this story, is she was 
cool. Very cool. She had a really impressive resume. She'd worked as a pastry chef and was a food columnist at the New York Times. Just like Chrissy, she'd published two cookbooks, which did feature recipes that went absolutely viral. Now, as foodie publication Eater once put it, Alison Roman's vibe is that of your coolest friend who effortlessly throws the best dinner parties. I want to be that person. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think the thing to remember here is that this was 2020. I feel like home cooks became the celebrities. It was mm. the time to do it. So many of us were at home in lockdown and people like Alison Roman, who spent their time doing Instagram lives and things like that, teaching people how to cook, became even bigger celebrities than they once were. Yeah, for sure. The cookbook thing wasn't the only similarity between Chrissy and Alison though. In early 2020, just like Chrissy Teigen, Alison actually launched her own cookware collection, although it wasn't a massive mainstream cookware collection that was stocked in Target like Chrissy's was. Instead, Alison Roman released a limited edition collab with an alternative, cool, high-end brand called Material. Yeah, now to promote this line, Alison did what should have been a pretty low-stakes interview with a publication called New Consumer. Now, if you haven't heard of the new consumer, we kind of don't blame you. When you head to their website, you really do get the oddest sense you put in the wrong (laughs) URL. It does look like an amateur blog. And it felt very much like, at least from the outside, from our perspective, Mish, it didn't feel like the most important interview she could be doing. I mean, she's already Mm. a columnist with the New York Times, so I think she would have a sense of the publication hierarchy Mm. in the world. Now, I think with that in mind, it makes her decision to go quite rogue in this interview pretty fascinating. Really fascinating. Because shortly after talking about the products she was launching to journalist Dan Frommer, Alison decided to launch into a semi-scathing critique of other women in the public eye. First in line was Maria Kondo, the author of The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up and the star of her own Netflix show about decluttering your space. Alison Roman derided Maria for coming out with her own line of home goods. She told Dan Frommer she decided to capitalise on her fame and make stuff that you can buy that is completely antithetical to everything she's ever taught you. For the low, low price of $19.99, please to buy my cutting board. Now, we want to make it really clear. That comment, please to buy my cutting board, was hugely controversial given Maria Kondo is Japanese and speaks English as a second language. Many interpreted that wording and that comment to be racist. Yeah, absolutely. And then next was Chrissy Teigen, seemingly unprompted. Alison Roman had her own critiques for Chrissy. She said, what Chrissy Teigen has done is so crazy to me. She had a successful cookbook and then it was like, boom, line at Target, boom. Now she has an Instagram page that has over a million followers where it's just like people running a content farm for her. That horrifies me and it's not something that I ever want to do. At best, it was bizarre and completely unself-aware. Oh, my God. A lot of people reading this would put Alison Roman in the same category as these women. She was doing this interview because she was launching a product (laughs) line and she was in the middle of writing her third book and working on a TV show. At its worst, it was 
racist and downright mean because so many people noted correctly that Roman took aim at two women of colour rather than spending a single second analysing how other white women in the food or health or lifestyle space, people like Gwyneth Paltrow, Mm. supposedly quote-unquote sell out. Yeah, for the record, Alison tried to explain that her comment about Maria Kondo was not racist but rather her using, and I quote, an inside joke that she and her friends tell privately about an Eastern European cookbook. Now, it was never clear what that joke was or how that justification worked. What we do know for sure is that backlash was intense. And then Alison Roman's response to that backlash perhaps made everything worse. Yeah, her initial response, which was pretty soon deleted, read, when women bully other women for being honest about money and how much they do or do not make, well, that's amore. Just wishing I had someone to hold my hand during baby's first internet backlash. Mm. Now, Chrissy Teigen tweeted a link to a news story about Alison Roman's interview with this as the tweet. This is a huge bummer and it hit me hard. I have made her recipes for years now, bought the cookbooks, supported her on social and praised her in interviews. I even signed on to executive produce the very show (laughs) she talks about doing in this article. I genuinely loved everything about Alison. Was jealous she got to have a book with food on the cover instead of a face. I've made countless New York Times recipes she's created posting along the way. There are many days I cry very hard because cravings the site is our baby. We love to pump content onto. We do this work ourselves and there is no monetary gain yet. It is just work, 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 and the reward is you liking it. So to be called a sellout, who it hurts. Yeah, she went on with a final tweet. Anyhow, now that that's out there, I guess we should probably unfollow each other at Alison Roman. I mean, I don't want to skip past perhaps the wildest curveball in this story. Chrissy revealing that she had signed on to executive produce the very TV show that Alison Roman was talking about in that new consumer interview. Like, in what world? How did that happen? Oh, Alison Roman mustn't have known. She didn't know, for sure. (laughs) But it was like the most awkward, awkward, you know, full circle moments where it's like, oh dear. Like, oh dear. Yeah, like hugely (laughs) so. Now, I think it's important context again to think about where the world was, where we were mentally at this Mm. point in time. It was May 2020, which was also known as one of the worst times in a lot of people's (laughs) lives. We had too much time in our hands and plenty of energy to pour into internet drama that probably would have otherwise passed by far, far more quickly. Now, this was a source of distraction for basically people across the Western world, right? Alison's comments went from some obscure blog to being fodder for The Guardian, The Washington Post, The LA Times, Variety, Harper's Bazaar and Time. It was everywhere. The New York Times even decided to put Alison on temporary leave. Yeah. Weirdly enough, though, the backlash wasn't just for Alison Roman either. The controversy actually seemed to stir up some negativity for Chrissy Teigen too, so much so that she announced that she was taking a break from Twitter to reset. So how did Alison respond when all of this exploded? Well, she decided to have a go at the whole apology thing again. Four days after her interview with New Consumer went live, she tweeted a public apology directly addressing Chrissy Teigen and Maria Kondo. She wrote, among the many uncomfortable things I've begun processing is the knowledge that my comments were rooted in my own insecurity. My inability to appreciate my own success without comparing myself and knocking others down. In this 
case, two accomplished women is something I recognise I most definitely struggle with and am working to fix. I don't want to be a person like that. Yeah, it also addressed the accusations of racism head on. She said, the fact that it didn't occur to me that I'd singled out two Asian women is 100% a function of my privilege. Being blind to racial insensitivities is a discriminatory luxury. I know that our culture frequently goes after women, especially women of colour, and I am ashamed to have contributed to that. I mean, what was so interesting about this quote-unquote feud was to read Chrissy's reply to that secondary apology, right? This is what she tweeted out in response. Now, it's kind of long, so we're going to break it up in chunks. You can take the second part. <laughs> okay. Chrissy wrote, Thank you for this, Alison Roman. To be clear, it never once crossed my mind for you to apologise for what you genuinely thought. The comments stung, but they more so stung because they came from you. It wasn't my usual newsbreak of some random person hating everything about me. I don't agree with the pile-on, people waiting with bated breath for apologies, deciding if that apology is good, the people who say you were right and never needed to in the first place. There are so many different types in this kind of situation, and to be honest, I just want it to be over. Yeah, she went on, I think we are alike in so many ways. I remember the exact time I realised... I wasn't allowed to say whatever popped in my head, that I couldn't just say things in the way that so many of my friends were saying them. Before, I never really knew where I stood in the industry, in the world. Eventually, I realised that once the relatable, snarky girl who didn't care became a pretty successful cookbook author and had more power in the industry, I couldn't just say whatever the fuck I wanted. The more we grow, the more we get those wake-up calls. I often comment about how I wish I could get away with what I used to now, but the truth is I don't. I've learned a fuck ton from my years of being watched and read, and I can really say it makes you a better person. It makes you think about the impact of what you say and who it might hurt. Lots to unpack in the second half of that statement because, to be honest, she's not talking about Alison Roman at all towards the end. In fact, I don't think that's got anything to do with Alison Roman's comments. I think if we're to look at that, it becomes relatively clear that in this internet drama between Alison Roman and Chrissy Teigen that happened, people started coming for Chrissy as well, randomly. People started to kind of pick apart Chrissy Teigen. I think that was definitely part of Chrissy Teigen that thought I've got some skeletons in my closet and I'm going to address that right now Mm. without addressing it explicitly. Yeah. I'll pretend it's about you when in reality it's about me. And by me welcoming your apology with open arms, I I am one day I'm laying the foundation for people to do that for me Mm -hmm. when certain things come to light. Yeah. This is how I'm responding to you in the way that I hope one day, if this happens to me, people will respond to me. Yeah. It's really, really interesting, particularly that mention of being the snarky girl who didn't care for so long. That's just a a very, very, very interesting foreshadowing. And I used to wish I could get away with what I used to, or I remember when I realised I couldn't say whatever the fuck Mm. I wanted, as if there was a distinct line in the sand from when she used to say things that were fucked, but not anymore. Now, 2020 was just a massive, massive year for Chrissy Teigen on top of this, because Later that year, in October 2020, she shared some really, really awful news with her followers. Alongside some black and white photos of her and John in the hospital, she revealed that their pregnancy with their third son, Jack, had ended with a stillbirth. Yeah, we will give a trigger warning for the next few minutes of the episode. Fast forward two and a half minutes if you don't want to hear the details about this pregnancy loss. Weeks after revealing that they had lost their son, Jack, Chrissy detailed her experience in a blog post on the website Medium. There she wrote this. 
After a couple of nights at the hospital, my doctor told me exactly what I knew was coming. It was time to say goodbye. He just wouldn't survive this and if it went on any longer, I might not either. We had tried bags and bags of blood transfusions, every single one going right through me like we hadn't done anything at all. Late one night, I was told it would be time to let go in the morning. I cried a little at first, then went into full-blown convulsions of snot and tears, my breath not able to catch up with my own incredibly deep sadness. Even as I write this now, I can feel the pain all over again. Oxygen was placed over my nose and mouth, and that was the first picture you saw. Utter and complete sadness. Yeah, she addressed also the criticism that she'd received for having photos taken of such a grief-stricken moment in time which is just such an odd criticism to level at anyone. Mm. Like if people want to share the intense levels of grief they were feeling in a moment in time, why not let them share that? But Mm. anyway, she explained. I explained to a very hesitant John that I needed photos and that I did not want to have to ever ask, that he just had to do it. He hated it, I could tell. It did not make sense to him at the time, but I knew I needed to know of this moment forever, the same way I needed to remember us kissing at the end of the aisle, the same way I needed to remember our tears of joy after Luna and Miles, and I absolutely knew I needed to share this story. She went on and said, I cannot express how little I care that you hate the photos, how little I care that it's something you wouldn't have done. I lived it, I chose to do it, and more than anything, these photos aren't for anyone but the people who have lived this or are curious enough to wonder what something like this is like. These photos are only for the people who need them. The thoughts of others do not matter to me. More recently, John Legend has given his thoughts on this time. Speaking to People magazine, he said, it was a tragedy that tested us as a couple, but I think it strengthened our resolve and our resilience because we were there for each other. We came out even more sure of who we were as a couple and as a family. When you lose a pregnancy and you have to go through that grief together, it can be really difficult for a family. Yeah. Now, by 2021, things really started to change for Chrissy Teigen's career. I think the first sign that the public was perhaps tiring of Chrissy Teigen came in Feb 2021 when she tweeted, what's the most expensive thing that you've eaten that you thought sucked before offering her own reply? (laughs) Now, this wasn't the most relatable story she's ever told because she followed it up by saying, One time, John and I were at a restaurant and the waiter recommended a nice cabernet. We got the bill and it was $13,000. How do you casually recommend that wine? We didn't even finish it and it had been cleared. Yeah. I remember us talking about this on the Thursday episode. At the time, I was like, "Mm, I don't love it. Whereas you were like, I don't really give a fuck. I just, I don't care. Like, (laughs) it's, it's, it's interesting to me because it was like, it's so obvious they're rich. We know they've got money. Yeah. You know that. What's the problem with her also saying that? A hundred percent. Looking back, I'm like, what was wrong with me? Who really cares? But a lot of people were put off by that sentiment from Chrissy Teigen. Twitter user Jackie's Backy wrote, Chrissy Teigen is always like, I will not apologize for sleeping on a bed of my servants. I'm a woman. (laughs) (laughs) That got more than 10,000 likes. Yeah, and suddenly publications that once waxed lyrical about every word that came out of Chrissy's mouth changed their tune. Slate ran a piece under the headline, Chrissy Teigen is not your BFF, (laughs) where columnist Rebecca Onion remarked, for all her awkward, anxious cooking, craving authenticity, Tegan's every girl image can't hold up to the stress of the pandemic. I do want to put on the record, as much as I said and have said across the time, it didn't bother me. I can appreciate how when people 
were really struggling financially mm. at a time where stress was very high, still in 2021, unemployment was quite high, that this is a pretty silly thing to tweet. Yeah, for sure. It's interesting though. I don't know if any celebrity really emerged from the pandemic unscathed. unscathed. Yeah. We didn't want luxury. Aspiration culture was not really a thing during yeah, the pandemic. Yeah, that's so true. People wanted relatability. But it's very different now. I feel like aspiration culture is on steroids it's at the back. moment. It's, it's it's bigger than ever. Now, that base continued. She is not the girl next door that we like to think she is when she is making us laugh with poop jokes or delighting us with family-friendly recipes. She is the woman in a giant house tucked inside a gated community somewhere far, far, far away from the rest of us. Ooh. I mean, the thing that strikes me as, as so glaringly obvious in this is like I really flatly – flatly refused to accept that this would be something ever leveled at a male no. who tweeted this. This just would not be the girl next door thing. Like there's no equivalent for that for a male. Yeah, I agree. And as much as I don't like the original tweet, like she could have been more self-aware. She could have just kept the $13,000 wine quiet for a little while while we're not going through like a cost of living crisis. If she tweeted this today, it wouldn't be a problem. It wouldn't be a problem. Well, people would Maybe it would be given the now what we know of Christy and people yeah. aren't as receptive. Also, actually, now that I think about it, Lydia Millen recently this year tweeted stuff that was kind of, I don't know, a bit tone deaf or ignoring a cost of living crisis. And that got just as much backlash. Yeah, I think I agree with you. I think when you tweet stuff like this, when things are heightened, it has an impact. When things are okay, no one notices. Yeah. Anyway, this slate piece, when you boil it down, is... She's not your BFF because she's rich, which yeah. really isn't like... But she was always that. She was always rich. It was only the pandemic coming into play that made us go, wait a second, rich people aren't like us. We yeah. must therefore not be friends with them or warm to them. Now, Zara, everything was about to get so much worse for Chrissy Teigen after that pandemic tweet. But all of that after a word from today's sponsor. Alrighty, Mish. So as you mentioned before the break, from here, things only got worse. In the final week of March, Chrissy announced that she'd created a cleaning company with Kris Jenner called Safely. And people were mad. And truthfully, I really got this. I did. Mm. The optics of two wealthy celebrities, I think with a, a whole team to help maintain their many homes, selling cleaning products like to the middle class, didn't land well. I think I felt this during the pandemic when I felt a lot of rich people start cleaning companies or whatever it might be. Hand sanitizers. Yeah. And I, it's hard to articulate why it felt off, but it certainly felt off for me to be like at a time when so many people are struggling, the rich are only getting richer by yeah. profiting off what is one of the worst times for a great deal of the world. There's also something weird about the mixture of like the class divide and the hygiene element yeah. of this to me. Like we are the clean ones here buy our products so that you are the clean ones too it's like a little bit clunky it went beyond that though because many people referenced the fact that Chrissy had joined forces with the Kardashians now they're a controversial celebrity family at the best of times and <laughs> heard of them <laughs> heard of them we're not sure now she had always felt like people's self-deprecating and relatable friends so to see her team up with aspiration culture gone mad in Kris Jenner wasn't something that people warmed to. What was weird about that 
is that Chrissy had been publicly friends and in the pocket of the Kardashians for years. Like she and Kim had spoken a number of times publicly about their friendship. We already know John Legend's connections to Kanye West dated back to the early 2000s. Like they never made a secret of this connection. No, not at all. How's this headline from the New York Times when the company was announced? Are you cleaning enough? Celebrities want to help. Now, in the piece, journalist Penelope Green noted that Safely's products are the colour of money freshly (laughs) minted. Now, come March 25, the day after that New York Times piece was published, Chrissy announced to her nearly 14 million Twitter followers that she was done with the platform for good. She wrote, Hey, For over 10 years, you guys have been my world. I honestly owe so much to the world we've created here. I truly consider so many of you my actual friends, but it's time for me to say goodbye. This no longer serves me as positively as it serves me negatively, and I think that's the right time to call something. My life goal is to make people happy. The pain I feel when I don't is too much for me. I've always been portrayed as the strong clapback girl, but I'm just not yeah she went on my desire to be liked and fear of pissing people off has made me somebody you didn't sign up for and a different human than i started out here as live well tweeters please know all i ever cared about was you it's a weird thread it's for chrissy to be like you are my world like you guys are the reason i live Live well, tweeters. I only live to make you happy. Like, it's <laughs> just be honest. You're a celebrity and having a public profile serves you. You're not doing some public service by being funny on Twitter. No, but I think it's something I've really only properly gleaned in the last year or two is how sort of damaging, and I know we spoke about this when we did that episode this year on Jenna Marbles, is how damaging that rhetoric is for the person with the public profile to tell the world, to tell their followers that they're all mates. And I I couldn't promise that if I wasn't trying to build a career 10 years ago that I wouldn't have done the same. I think it's pretty easy for us now with the power of hindsight to say, God, this is one of the silliest things you could do. Just be honest with people. You can say, I respect you and I respect you so much that I want to put out, for example, in our case, the most quality content that I can because I feel you deserve that and I am grateful that you listen to that and you give me your ear. But to say I consider some of you my actual friends, it just doesn't sound believable. You guys have been my world. No, they're not. Your husband and your children and your mum and your loved ones and your friends are your world. It's such a weird characterization of what is actually the most transactional relationship ever. People follow you. They get your content. That's amazing. If they enjoy you, they follow. If they don't, they unfollow. You get served in a career sense. It is a transaction. You are not best friends with your 14 million Twitter followers. No, exactly. Now, most people were sad to see Chrissy go. Some journalists called for Twitter to strengthen their bullying and trolling policies to make the platform a safer space for public figures. But one person, Courtney Stodden, was looking on feeling pure anger at the hypocrisy of it all. That was because reading Chrissy's comments about the negativity on Twitter was hard to stomach when Chrissy had gone out of her way to bully and target Courtney when they were just a teenager. Yeah, a note on this one, guys. Courtney does identify as non-binary, which is why we will be using they, them pronouns. Now, a brief refresher for those in the dark. Courtney Stodden's name became well-known in 2011 when they were married to 51-year-old actor Doug Hutchinson. Now, Courtney was only 16 years old at the time. The marriage was legal because their parents had given permission for the wedding to take 
Lace, do you remember this story no. that happened? I Not I think all. it was big on YouTube. A lot of the right. videos went on YouTube. So I watched a lot of it unfold when I was young myself. Now, it was a huge news story in America at the time. We had a teenager getting married to a famous actor and together they were an extremely controversial, extremely public couple. Courtney Stodden soon began appearing on reality shows, including Celebrity Big Brother in 2013. They and Hutchison were then on again, off again for years before officially splitting for good in 2018. In 2020, Courtney Stodden characterised their marriage as the product of grooming. Yeah, so that's Courtney Stodden and a bit of context for you. On the 28th of March 2021, Courtney tweeted about the bullying they received from Chrissy Teigen. TMZ also published an exclusive on the story under the headline, Chrissy Teigen is a hypocrite. She bullied me back in the day. Now, in the article, there was a video of Courtney calling Chrissy hypocrisy Teigen, spelt <laughs> hypocrisy. <laughs> nice one. Thank you. Now, here is a snippet of what Courtney said. It was just so hypocritical of her. Um, I think for me, like, because I experienced so much harassment and bullying from her when I was just 16 years old, just 17 years old, just 18 years old, at a time when I needed help, like I was being abused. She sent me multiple tweets. I chose that specific tweet because she's actually bullying me about getting kicked off of a social media platform, which it's ironic because, right, because she left so, you know, social media complaining about bullying. Yeah, pretty damning. In that story written by TMZ were screenshots of some awful tweets that Chrissy Teigen had written about Courtney Stodden 10 years prior in 2011 and 2012. In one tweet, Chrissy wrote, my Friday fantasy, you dirt nap mm, baby. In another, Chrissy wrote to Courtney, go to sleep forever. In another, she wrote simply, I hate you. Yeah, this didn't just stop in 2011 either. The following year, Chrissy wrote, what drugs make you do that with your mouth? Asking for a friend who really wants to know how to look like an idiot. Thanks. Now, yes, these tweets were 10 years old, but also a reminder here, they were written to a teenager who was 16 at the time. And to make everything more damning, they were written by Chrissy when she was 25 and 26 respectively. Mm. I think what's most odd about this story is that, or not most odd, there are lots of oddities to it but nothing happened really when this TMZ story was published. Mm -hmm. TMZ wrote about it, the Daily Mail did too, Fox News did as well but largely you might say left-leaning publications who had long loved Chrissy ignored the story. We for whatever reason when we went back to our run sheets didn't cover it on Shameless in March or April either and I can say pretty confidently the only reason that would have been is because it wasn't on our radar. Yeah, we got it wrong though, regardless. Yeah, I think, absolutely. I think a lot of publications, us included, got this wrong. I think sometimes in the media you tend to have your golden celebrities. You tend to have your past basket celebrities, right, who you instinctively either ignore bad headlines about or you defend. And in this instance, I mean, I read TMZ every day. I 
would hazard a guess I probably saw headlines but skip past them because they were negative about a celebrity that I'm instinctively defensive of. Yeah, that or I think it shows perhaps more pertinently how much we exist in bubbles on the internet and how we're only fed things that we want to know. And I think for me it's a massive wake-up call too to be like whether I saw it or not, the more likely scenario is that we didn't see it because we deliberately avoid things we don't want to be fed mm. because of algorithms, because of news sites that we're chasing. I'm not reading Fox News. Yeah, you know? well, definitely not Fox News. Yeah, no. exactly. And I think that's a really important lesson for a lot of people. And because of that, because news sites ignored it, because people like us ignored it, the story went away. Yeah. What's so fascinating about this time in Chrissy's life is trying to figure out Who was advising her or managing her, if anyone at all? Because she made some curious decisions in the public eye that kind of chipped away at her reputation while that news story was simmering. Not enough people paying attention to it, but it was simmering. On April 16, 2021, three weeks after ceremoniously and publicly leaving Twitter and deleting that account with almost 14 million followers, Chrissy backtracked and told the world that she was coming back to Twitter. Odd, right? Really, really odd. She tweeted this. Turns out it feels terrible to silence yourself and also no longer enjoy belly chuckles randomly throughout the day and also lose like 2,000 friends at once, lol. I choose to take the bad with the good. I am really baffled by this. Like why backflip, especially after the headlines were coming out about you, even though they weren't worldwide? Mm. Just being reminded of who you were on that platform surely would say to you, I might stay off for a while. Yeah, and I think as well, I always have this impression of celebrities that they are meticulous with their output, they are strategic, they really put a lot of thought into Into what they're doing. Everything. Given how many eyeballs see everything they do. I think I was really stunned to see this level of impulsiveness and like erratic decision-making. Like, what do you mean you're quitting three weeks ago because you're saying it's been a damaging platform for a long time and it's more negative than positive now. And then what, 21 days changes your your opinion of it completely. It's just a really odd decision. And perhaps if Chrissy had her time again, she wouldn't have come back to Twitter because just a few weeks after rejoining, she was now headed for the biggest scandal of her career. Those Courtney Stodden headlines that quietly disappeared into the ether in March were back. People really started to pay attention to Courtney Stodden and their story when Courtney sat down for an interview with the Daily Beast on May 10, 2021. Now, a huge portion of this question and answer article is concerning the abuse Courtney says they suffered at the hands of their ex-husband. But then the interviewer did turn their attention to Chrissy Teigen and those headlines that had mostly gone unnoticed a little over a month earlier. Here's an excerpt from that piece. Interviewer. A number of celebrities were also quite cruel to you during that time. I saw a video you made recently where you called out Chrissy Teigen for the way she treated you. Courtney responded, She wouldn't just publicly tweet about making me want to take a dirt nap, but would privately DM me and tell me to kill myself. Things like, I can't wait for you to die. And not only her, but Joy Behar had a field day calling me a slut. Courtney Love told me I was a whore. People came out of the woodwork to beat up on a kid because she was in a situation that she shouldn't have been in. There were a lot of celebrities acting like playground bullies. Some of the worst treatment I got was from women. We're not going to get anywhere if we keep holding each other back. Yeah, from there, the story became impossible to ignore. Within 24 hours, all of the major news publications were writing about Courtney Stodden's story and her allegations against Chrissy. 
Soon after, Chrissy responded. She wrote on Twitter, Not a lot of people are lucky enough to be held accountable for all their past bullshit in front of the entire world. I am mortified and sad at who I used to be. I was an insecure, attention-seeking troll. I am ashamed and completely embarrassed at my behaviour, but that is nothing compared to how I made Courtney feel. I have worked so hard to give you guys joy and be beloved, and the feeling of letting you down is nearly unbearable, truly. These were not my only mistakes and surely won't be my last. As hard as I try, but God will I try. Where Chrissy came really kind of irreparably unstuck, though, in this apology was when she wrote this. I've tried to connect with Courtney privately, but since I publicly fueled all this, I also want to publicly apologise. I'm so sorry, Courtney. I hope you can heal now knowing how deeply sorry I am. And I am so sorry I let you guys down. I will forever work on being better than I was 10 years ago, one year ago, six months ago. Now, it was that line I've tried to connect with Courtney privately that again brought Chrissy undone. Because what is so bizarrely odd and stupid about this whole thing is that while Chrissy wanted the world to see that apology, perhaps she wasn't so keen on Courtney seeing it because almost as soon as it was published, Courtney took to their own socials to clarify something. Chrissy or Chrissy's team hadn't reached out. In fact, Courtney had been blocked from Chrissy's account. Yeah, Courtney wrote on their Instagram in response, I accept her apology and forgive her, but the truth remains the same. I have never heard from her or her camp in private. In fact, she blocked me on Twitter. All of me wants to believe that this is a sincere apology, but it feels like a public attempt to save her partnerships with Target and other brands who are realising her wokeness is a broken record. How the hell did this happen? I think we need to make space for two possibilities. One, maybe Chrissy and her team did reach out. I don't know. Maybe they did and Courtney didn't admit that publicly, didn't see it, saw it, didn't want to acknowledge it. I don't know. My response to this is not, I don't think me wanting to give Chrissy the benefit of the doubt. It is being so shell-shocked that someone would be confronted with their own behaviour like this. And not and not apologise and say that they're doing it publicly. Like I can't fathom a world, and this is of course my naivety Mm. because I know bad people exist and I know that bad people would respond like this. Mm. But I'm just so shocked that someone would have this happen and say publicly they're going to apologise privately and then also not do that. That doesn't make any sense to me. It feels like something that doesn't add up, but we do need to make room for that. Absolutely, every every possibility that Chrissy told us she was reaching out to Courtney privately and never did and kept Courtney blocked and only did this for PR. But it has to be one of the most ridiculous PR decisions I have ever encountered for any celebrity doing this show. Not even PR decisions, just like a complete lack of decency. Well, that's the thing, right? Yeah. But at the end of the day, Chrissy's a celebrity and this was all about mitigating a huge public relations disaster. And even her failure to do that, I just... The question marks are unfathomable. Yeah, absolutely. Now, the queen of Twitter was officially being dethroned. One tweet, Chrissy Teigen is not seeing a singular cloud particle of heaven, (laughs) was liked more than 9,000 times. Another one said, I laid a flower by Chrissy Teigen's cookware line at Target, RIP. It was like 10,000 times. 
Donald Trump Jr. weighed in on the scandal, of course, tweeting, Chrissy Teigen is nothing more than a vicious bully and a mean girl. Anyone else online telling kids and others to commit suicide would be cancelled for life, but I am sure she will turn herself into the victim here because that's the kind of piece of shit she is and always has been trash. It went from bad to worse. After that, people were talking about other tweets that Chrissy Teigen had written years ago that also trolled people in the public eye. How is this headline from the Daily Mail? Chrissy Teigen faces more backlash for calling Quavenjene Wallace cocky when she was just nine and Farrah Abraham a whore in now-deleted tweets. The article referenced a 2013 tweet of Chrissy's where she mocked the nine-year-old actress Quavenjene Wallace, who was nominated for that year's Academy Award for Best Actress. Now, she became the youngest actress ever to be nominated in the category. Tegan tweeted, is it okay to call a small child cocky? I am forced to like Quavenjene Wallace because she is a child, right? Okay, fine. That same year, Chrissy tweeted that 16 and pregnant slash teen mum star Farah Abraham was, and I quote, an idiot for releasing a sex tape. Absolutely sickened at the fact that idiot teen mum commissioned her own sex tape and is pretending to be confused slash distraught. F you, Tegan wrote. Seriously, this is what we've come to. This idiot from Teen Mum feels such hunger for fame and money and we as people will empower her. She then wrote, Farrah Abraham now thinks she is pregnant from her sex tape. In other news, you're a whore and everyone hates you. Whoops, not other news. Sorry. Now, to be clear, this wasn't the first time people had drawn attention to these tweets. They were absolutely criticised and people had been trying to get the mainstream media to acknowledge them for some time. But the controversy hadn't really seemed to cut through. I think also putting these tweets together, you know, at the same time told a pretty horrifying story and definitely sort of alluded to Pat. And I think there's something about the impact of seeing example after example after example that was just truly inexcusable. I think particularly when you contextualise 2013 with that, what we know from Chrissy's life in episode one, this didn't necessarily happen when she was too young to know better. This was happening in the same year she married John Legend. The same year she was interviewed by Oprah. Yeah, the same year that they decided to make that film clip that was viewed 2.1 billion times because they knew there was going to be interest there. Yeah, they were... Famous. They were famous. And even though you should say, well, even if you're not famous, you should know better, which absolutely is a good point, listener. You should know better. But like... You should also be media trained. But but more than that, you also should be able to recognise your own power. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, within days of the backlash, people started noticing that Chrissy's cravings line had been pulled from Target. Lots of people believed they'd taken her products off the website in the wake of the controversy. However, the company said people had read too much into it and that her stuff had actually been pulled the month before because Chrissy's team and Target had discontinued their agreement the year before. Mm. So that's that. Interesting timing. Yeah, Like just a weird one. Around the same time, Macy's quietly dropped her Cravings cookware line from its website. At the time, they didn't say that Tegan's products were no longer available, but people just noticed their absence. Media commentary about all of this was in absolute overdrive. Page Six declared Tegan was, and I quote, an undercover bully. Pete Davidson joked on Saturday Night Live that getting Chrissy Tegan out of our lives was one of the only good things to happen in 2021. Variety reported that in June 2021, a couple of weeks after Stodden's interview with the Daily Beast, Tegan opted to drop out of season two of Never Have I Ever. 
she was set to voice a character in episode one of the show. So she had to go to ground for sure. Yeah. Now that same month, Chrissy issued a second pretty long statement on Medium. She wrote, hi all, it's been a very humbling few weeks. I know I've been quiet and Lord knows you don't want to hear about me, but I want you to know I've been sitting in a hole of deserved global punishment, the ultimate sit here and think about what you've done. Not a day, not a single moment has passed where I haven't felt the crushing weight of regret for the things I've said in the past. She went on, I've apologised publicly to one person, but there are others and more than just a few who I need to say I'm sorry to. I'm in the process of privately reaching out to people I insulted. It's like my own version of that show, My Name is Earl. I understand that they may not want to speak to me. I don't think I'd like to speak to me. The real truth in all of this is how much I actually cannot take confrontation. But if they do, I am here and I will listen to what they have to say while apologising through sobs. <sighs> I know we said at the time on Shameless, we kind of analysed that apology. Yes. And look, I don't, I don't think it's terrible. Do I think she needed to throw in, I actually cannot take confrontation. When this is all because you were too confrontational. You are confrontational. You just don't like accountability. They're different things. You don't like a two-way confrontation. Yeah, you like, you, like conf- you like confronting people without power. When the people are then joined by enough peers that they then hold the power against you, you don't like it anymore. Also, I will listen to what they have to say while apologising through sobs. It's just – it's. It's making this about you. It's turning yourself into the victim. Absolutely. Now, five days after that second apology was published, something really, really curious happened. Fashion designer Michael Costello said that he was one of the people who deserved an apology from Chrissy Teigen, saying that she had bullied him and threatened his career. He explained via Instagram in June 2021. For the past seven years, I've lived with deep, unhealed trauma. In 2014, I received a public comment from Chrissy Teigen on my Instagram page accusing me of being a racist. She apparently formed her own opinion of me based on a photoshopped comment floating around the internet, which has now been proven to be false by Instagram and since taken down. When I reached out to Chrissy Teigen to communicate that I was the victim of a vindictive cyber slander and that everything she thought I was is not who I am, She told me that my career was over and that all my doors will be shut from there on. Yeah, he posted screenshots of these interactions with Chrissy. One screenshot read, you'll get what's coming to you and added, racist people like you deserve to suffer and die. You might as well be dead. Your career is over. Just watch. Now, when Costello detailed this account of what he says happened between him and Chrissy, He said that he was coming to terms with the darkest hour of his life by sharing his story. He wrote, Today I am choosing to speak my truth. I wish no harm on anyone and don't want to go back and forth fighting with anyone. I just want people to realise that I too am human and this was the most inhumane treatment to ever be enjoyed by someone who has seen their decades of hard work, years of building a brand, crumble from one comment. Almost immediately, people started to speculate that actually the screenshots of Chrissy's DMs to Michael Costello weren't real at all. In the quote-unquote screenshots, Chrissy's last name was spelt wrong. She didn't have her verification tick and her team also said that the screenshots couldn't actually be from 2014 
because they feature elements that were not part of the Instagram app in 2014. For example, Chrissy's team alleged that one screenshot featured the video chat function, something that actually didn't launch until 2018. And now this was despite Costello saying that the DMs were from four years earlier and the screenshots were from four years prior. Mm. Chrissy adjusted all, saying, no idea what the fuck Michael Costello was doing. He just released a statement where he didn't at all acknowledge how fake the DMs were and now claims to have emails that don't exist. From there, Michael Costello responded again, writing on Instagram, the fact that Chrissy Teigen and her crisis team are working so hard, so strategically to come out against the DMs she sent me and to downplay the comments she publicly posted posted on my Instagram only proves that she is the same bully she has always been despite her fake apology to the public. Zara, I'm curious what you think about this story. Obviously, I think Chrissy's behavior online between 2010 and like 2014 is egregious. There's no excuse for it. I am not convinced the Michael Costello DMs ever happened. No, the same. And I think it's pretty egregious to do this to somebody as well yeah it, it's I, weird like Chrissy's behavior is worse for sure put that on the record but I just find it really spectacularly odd that somebody would like allegedly do this I find it bizarre now if we weren't exhausted yet amongst all this drama the cleaning company Chrissy founded with Chris Jenner announced that Chrissy was stepping away from safely to and I quote take much needed time to focus on herself and be with her family mm. so you might think okay well the fallout ended there right well <laughs> Not really. Not really. Not really. In July 2021, Chrissy kept talking about being cancelled. She described how it felt to be in the quote unquote cancel club in a July 2021 Instagram post. She wrote, just feel so weird to pretend nothing happened in this online world and feel utter shit in real life. Going outside sucks and doesn't feel right. Being at home alone with my mind makes my depressed head race. But I know that however I'm handling this now isn't the right answer. I feel lost and need to find my place again. A few things can be true here. Like Chrissy Teigen rightly did feel awful. I have no doubt that's actually how she felt. I think the people she also hurt also felt pretty shit over the years too. I find it very odd that this was stuff that you wanted to make public. Like these are conversations I think you have with you privately with your family and friends as you work yeah. through your own identity, the collapse of your career, your reputation, you know, as you deal with accountability and all the things that come with that. I'm just not really sure how it's an Instagram post. I actually don't think she had a PR person working with her. I think Chrissy Teigen was operating off emotion and instinct throughout these years. Yeah. I think that's the only way that I can make sense of it. Now, I think the other thing, again, that is bizarre is just around this time, July 2021, so a couple of months after that Daily Beast interview, Courtney Stodden told TMZ that they hadn't received anything from Tegan, not even a direct apology, since the drama began. Mm, in October that year, five months after the original controversy, Chrissy sat down with the Today Show for her first television interview. In that interview, she said that she had stopped drinking. She told them, I'm actually 100 days sober today and I'm so excited. I feel so good. I feel very clear-headed. I feel like I've done the work and I just hope these people can forgive and be able to welcome the fact that hopefully they've seen me be better. 
She went on and said, I've been struggling with it, honestly, for the past couple of years when I knew it was kind of an issue. Just even like doing interviews, I would think I needed a glass of wine and then it just starts to get embarrassing like at award shows and things and everyone memes it and thinks it's funny and cute that you fell asleep or something. Mm -hmm. In July, she actually celebrated one year sober and a month later, her and John Legend announced they were expecting a baby. I think this entire scandal series really begs the question – What do we need from public figures and celebrities like Chrissy Teigen in order for us to move on and grant them forgiveness? Like what needs to be done to get back into our good graces? Is it possible for Chrissy Teigen to have handled this in a way where she would have been on a clean slate now? Because for me, I hear her name and I instantaneously think of Courtney Stodden. Yeah, I think no matter how she handled it, it's probably still too soon. I do believe that. I'm not saying never. I think she's slowly building herself and her career back up. I don't think she'll ever get to where she was. I think for me, the problem is I never felt like full accountability. Mm -hmm. I still kind of felt like she felt in some areas like maybe she was hard done by because that's what she was communicating to the world. And again, I'm not saying she wasn't allowed to feel really terrible and that her mental health isn't allowed to struggle because I, I have no doubt that's that's likely what happened. But to make that the story, I found odd. So in my mind, it will probably take a little longer. Yeah, I agree with you. Again, being cancelled would be horrific, but it's not the time for your feelings to be the centre of everything. I don't think Chrissy was good at decentering herself and decentering her personal experience ever. No, and I think the complicating factor here is that even today – Courtney Stodden claims that Chrissy hasn't privately apologised. According to an interview that Courtney did with Page Six in April 2022, so just under a year ago, and 10 months after the initial controversy, Chrissy still had them blocked on Twitter despite everything. Mm, Courtney told Page Six, I didn't feel touched, let's say, by the apology. I didn't get one other than on social media, which felt like she was apologising to everybody else, but I was blocked. Guys, cannot wait to hear your thoughts on this one it is something that is incredibly hard to wrap your head around if it's true that Chrissy Teigen today still has not reached out to Courtney or to the other public figures like Farah Abraham that she was awful to yeah absolutely as you said come and talk to us about this one we are on Instagram at shameless podcast we are on TikTok at shameless underscore podcast goodness me there was a lot there today that is all we've got time for as always team we will be back in your ears on thursday and this one was researched by you and me together it little, was little one two punch team love ya all right bye guys we'll see you on thursday thanks bye Shameless Media. This podcast was recorded on Wurundjeri land. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Hello guys, Mish here. I am the co-founder of Shameless Media. Thank you so much for giving us your ears and your mind and your time. We're so grateful. If you enjoy the stuff that we produce, may I recommend our brand new podcast, Style-ish Stylish, if you want to say it quickly. Style-ish, if you want to take the long way through. 
It is our podcast for all things fashion, brand, business, and beauty. If that is in your wheelhouse, if you care about style content, you will love this show. It is, of course, more than just a show as well. It is a newsletter. It is an Instagram feed. It is a TikTok account. There is so much good stuff going out on Stylish every single day starting now. So in your favorite app, search for Style-ish. Give it a listen. Give it a follow. We are an independent media company and we would be so, so grateful for all your support. That's all for me, guys. Check out Stylish and have a good one.